Where are you playing small? Because it's just so comfortable. But you know deep down inside, you know, you feel it. You're like, ah, I really should be doing this, but I'm not doing it because it's just so fun and comfortable to be here. For a lot of us, I, I don't think it's a big trauma that we are, we are, we're dealing with. You know, I've dealt with so much trauma in my life and trauma and drama, baby. But for me right now, it's not about that. It's more about like comfort. And so having too much of a good thing can lead to this situation where you get stuck. So I, I want to ask you, are you stuck right now? What's up, my friend? I'm health expert Ted Rice. And today I'm coming to you from Bangkok, Thailand. Yes, last time we spoke, I was in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, and I was denied entry into Thailand. And But I uh, figured it out. I got back here and it inspired me to do this episode today, which is going to be about how getting comfortable is how you get stuck in life. And so if you feel like you're comfortable right now, and if you also feel like you're stuck, then you're going to want to listen to this episode. And by the way, I've gotten a lot of great feedback about the Real Talk Fridays. And so I don't, don't even need to promote them except to the new people. And if you're new, and if this is your first time listening, this show is all about clearing up health and fitness confusion by breaking down science-based information on how to lose fat, prevent disease, and live a longer, healthier life. But Real Talk Fridays are a little bit more personal. It's me sharing lessons about what I'm going through, sharing stories of people who I've met. And the aim is to help you think about your life differently, to help you take different actions. And so that's what today is about. Now, this is going out after New Year's, and I just want to say Happy New Year. I hope you had an amazing one. I hope you're ready to crush it in 2020. I hope you're already, hope you've already started crushing it in 2020. Actually, I hope you started before. Now, here's the situation in case uh, you didn't listen to my Phnom Penh episode. So I had this amazing experience in Phnom Penh um, in Cambodia and traveled around. I saw history. I saw temples but I also saw the killing fields. I also went to the S21 prison, which is the prison where the Khmer Rouge held people and executed them. And it's now a a genocide museum. It's even hard to say. It starts, uh, you know, emotions start bubbling up when when I talk about it. And so I had this experience and I also met some people, helped some people, if you saw what I did on Facebook, we're helping raise money for uh, a tuk-tuk driver. That's a little cars that you see in the little windowless vehicles that you see in India and in Southeast Asia. And this tuk-tuk driver told me his story after I was on my way back to the hotel from a six-hour crazy van ride, uh, which there's no other way to go to Badambang, uh, which is like South Central Cambodia. There's no other way to get there and back. So I had to take this crazy van ride. And so even though I was tired after this van ride, this just hearing this guy's story, it just made me feel like I got to help this guy. I mean, it's just so little money that can help him. There's got to be a way that I can help him. So we're raising money for him. Contact me on Facebook if you want to learn more about this story or sign up to my email list. We'll be sending that out there. And so you can see his story. And uh, so anyway, I went through all this stuff 
in Cambodia, in other words. And then I was just looking forward to getting back to Thailand, got blocked entry. Um, you know, it freaked me out. I was treated like a criminal. It was like, and it wasn't quite clear what the issue was. Uh, not only is there an issue with communication, actually these people for the most part spoke pretty good English in Thailand, but they weren't clear. They didn't tell me what was going on and they treated me pretty poorly. And I'll tell you, so if you think, if you think immigration is an issue in your country, especially like you're from the U S for example, and you're like, God, you know, people should be nicer to immigrants. The immigration, United States immigration office should be nicer to immigrants. Listen, it's all over. Every country is the same if they're doing well. And if they're not doing well, they want you in there and they make it easy because they want your money. They want you to come. They want you to spend money and uh, they want to grow their tourism. But every country that people desire to go to, like Thailand, like the United States, they bust your fucking balls. All right. And so I got my balls busted. So my American privilege or my white privilege or it didn't come through for me that day. And I'm it, hashtag sarcasm. We'll talk about that some other time about some of the bullshit beliefs that people have about, you know, who has privileges and who doesn't story for another time. Want to stay on topic now. So it freaked me out. But I got back in and I just want to share this very briefly before we get into this, how, how getting comfortable is getting you, un, uh, how getting comfortable is how you get stuck because there's a point to this. So bear with me. I will land the plane. I promise. So it freaked me out and I managed to get back in. I contacted, I have a contact in Thailand. They told me what to do and I got back in, but man, did they give me a hard time and and, and they never told me exactly. They were like, oh, you have too many, you don't have enough space in your passport. You need to have two free pages in your passport to go anywhere. And how stupid is that, right? It's like, why do I have two pages that I can't use if that's like, what type of dumb rule is that? So dumb. But hey, that's the way it is. Also, that was the official reason, but not the reason they gave me in Thailand. In Thailand, they said, oh, you've been here too many days. And I'm like, well, what's the rule? And they wouldn't tell me. I don't even know if there is a rule. And I don't want to say be you know too hard on Thailand because I believe you know Thailand's a place. It's a developing country, probably a second world country, not a third world. At least Bangkok is a first world city for all you know intents and purposes. And so this was the situation. And then, but when I when I talked to my contact who has uh, some friends in immigration in Thailand, they said, oh, you don't have enough money to spend in Thailand. I'm like, I don't have enough money to spend in Thailand. You don't have access to my bank accounts. I got more money than probably the majority of people who come uh, to Thailand. And, and what the, like how, and you don't even have access to my bank accounts. So crazy. That's the type of craziness that happens in less organized, more corrupt countries than the ones that probably you inhabit right? You and I inhabit. So anyway, it was a wake-up call for me. And I was like, man, I'm really freaking out about this. Not to mention my wife is in, in Bangkok. And so when my wife's in Thailand, I left some luggage here. I had arranged for a place to stay here. So I had some things, I had reasons to be here. But it also was like, man, you know what? It's time to go back home. And I was just thinking about this, how comfortable I've gotten in Thailand. For example, today I'm going to go uh, walk on the treadmill. I'm going to go 
uh, go food shopping. I'm going to grab, I go right downstairs and there's this place on the corner that makes this incredible wonton soup and this incredible boiled chicken with uh, garlic, ginger, soy sauce, sweet, spicy soy sauce, sauce. And it's just incredible. I'm going to get a massage later. And the massage is going to run me, I think, you know, $15 or something like that. And for an, an incredible massage, you know, so many people, they focus on the cheap side. They're like, oh, and by the way, that's a fast way to really rub me the wrong way. It's like, oh, so cheap. It's like you, there's, you could go to Haiti and not to be rude to the people of Haiti, but you can go to a lot of places that are inexpensive. What I like in Thailand is like the massages are great. You, their $15 massage here is better than what you get for $200 in the US. That's what's so amazing. Also, I've got a kickboxing and jujitsu place that I walk to. It takes me seven minutes to walk there. I've got a, a place to get food on the corner. I've got the sky train that I can walk to. I'm so comfortable here. And that's the problem. I've gotten so comfortable that it's hard to leave. And it, and I feel attached to this place, too attached, but it's not my home and they don't necessarily want me here. And it's like, it just was a wake up call, that immigration issue. And I'm grateful for it actually, even though it was super stressful to go through after, you know, after everything I went through in Cambodia and, and after trying to help people in Cambodia, I felt like slapped in the face, sort of like bad things happen to good people sort of thing, you know? But it was, I'm grateful for it because it woke me up out of my, I, I've been kind of putting off, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've been putting off going back home because it's just like, my dad's doing all right, you know, and he is doing all right. He's hanging in there. And he even tells me, he's like, I don't want you coming home until, you know, you, know, you, you have your business all sorted out and everything's working smoothly because, uh, you know, it's been a while to, to get to the point that we're at now. Don't want to change the situation prematurely. But I don't want to use that as an excuse either to not go back home. Like, oh no, just a little longer, you know, so I can get massages, train my jujitsu and, you know, and plus it's, I'm going to be going back. I'm, I'm not going back to Miami. I'm going to Vero Beach. So it's not a lot of, to do in Vero Beach. It's not like I'm going to have uh, the lifestyle that I have here. It'll be quiet. It'll be boring. It's a retirement place. And there's part of me like, oh God hanging out in the retirement community. And uh, just, I, I don't know about you, but that's just not something that really is that enticing. But at the same time, I was reminded of what's really important to me right now. And I don't know about you, but the most important thing in my life is my family. It's not money. It's not massages. It's not you know training jujitsu or martial arts. It's not exercise. It's, it's my family. And I don't have much family left. I've got my dad. I've got my wife. And my dad's alone. Well, he's got Ginger, his Havanese. He's got a Havanese puppy. I mean, she's not a puppy, but she acts like one. I think she's like 12 now or something like that. Way beyond being a puppy. But And other than that, though, he doesn't have that many friends. And also, his health isn't going well. And also... He's nearing the end of his life. I don't know how many years he's got left. I don't know how many months he has left. Will he have a heart attack next month? I don't know. I can't, we, I, we just don't know. It's not in the best of health, I'll tell you that. And what I also can tell you is that I am, 
I don't want to say a genius when it comes to the health stuff, right? That would be a little too, little too much, a little too self-aggrandizing, if I'm saying that properly. But I'm really, really good, exceptionally world-class at health information. And someone showing up to me like, hey, I feel broken. What can I do to put myself back together? I can help that person. You're in a wheelchair. As long as you can still move, I can help you. In fact, that was the situation with my dad after uh, he got his knees, his left knee replaced. I helped him out of a wheelchair, get him out of a wheelchair and walk again. So I, I can do that and I'm not doing it for him and he needs it. And on top of that, like I said, I don't know how much long he has, how much longer he has on, on, on earth, how many years or months of life he has. And while he's grateful for the success that I've created in my business, because if you don't know, your parents want you to be successful. Because if you're not successful, they can say, oh, well, you know, he was surrounded by bad influences or she was surrounded. But they feel responsible. They feel like you're a direct representation of their success as a parent. And so by me being successful, not just in financially, but in all ways in life or, or a bunch of ways in life, I'm not successful in every area of my life, but by a lot of ways, they can look at you and say, you know what? I did all right. And in my case in particular, more specifically, my dad's case, my brother, his son died, was kidnapped and murdered when he was nine years old. He's gone, been gone for a long time. My sister committed suicide. I mean, can you imagine what he must feel as a parent? And I'm like the last hope. It's why I've been so careful. It's why I've worked so hard. It's why I need to go make babies. <laughs> you know, have, have some children or at least one. It's because, because and one of the things that I've taken away from Asia, it's like people live for their families. I think they're, they live too much for their families here, to be, to, to be honest. But of course, I'm going to say that because it's not my culture. But I'll say this too. I feel like in Western countries, at least in the US, where I'm very familiar with the culture there, we don't live enough for our families. We're too separate. We buy into this rugged individualism bullshit and we're too disconnected or too, too distant from our family members. But the truth is it's that, that part is the most beautiful thing, that relationship that you can have with not just your immediate family, but even extended family. And that's what I want. And I was reminded of that and how, what a beautiful gift it was to get denied entry into Thailand and to really wake me up out of my comfort zone and how I've gotten stuck, how I've gotten attached to the comfortable life here, but how also my true calling, my, my true value, my true priority, it's my family. It's nothing more important than that. May I share something with you? When my dad dies, he's going to leave me money. I'll never have to worry about money again after that. It's not a, a huge, huge amount. It's not, it's not even a million dollars, okay? But it's hundreds of thousands. I will never have to worry about money again when he dies. Why? Because I'm wise enough now, maybe in my 20s, it wouldn't be like this. Be like, okay, I'll take this car and that car. And you know what? And that car too. 
I, I wouldn't have done that, but I, I'm sure I wouldn't have done things. I'll, I'll invest that money back into my business. I'll do some charity work. I'll, uh, you know, when, when that happens, but here's the thing. I don't want the money. I don't want him to die. I want experiences with him. And, I, and if I really want to be honest with you, let me share this with you. There was a time in my life, not that many years ago, where I was like, I just, I loved my dad, but part of me was like, wow, but when he dies, I'm going to get all this money, you know? I'm going to get all this money. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll hurry up and die. Horrible to say, right? But, but the truth is I felt that way a little bit. Now, I didn't really want, want that to happen, but, but the lesser, the weaker part of me, the more childish, less developed, less mature, self-centered part of me that we all have in ourselves <laughs> was thinking, yeah, well, if, if, if he would just die, you know, that would just make things so much easier, especially those moments when now, now my business is really going well. But uh, during that time when I was struggling, I, I'm not going to lie, I felt, I felt that way a couple of times. But now, now that I've been in Asia for the past two years, really taught me the, the value of family and how it's missing from so many of us, not, not just family, we all have family, but the connection, or at least most of us have family if they're still alive, but the connection with them, that's what we're missing. And there's an epidemic of loneliness in Western countries. And also we know now that your, our connections with other people, that it can help you extend life. And how often do we just focus on exercise and nutrition and not the deeper aspects of health, like our connections with other people. That's why I told you with that, that series that I'm releasing, I'm going to go way beyond just what you should eat and how exercise and how to exercise. Because if you want true health, it has to do with those other things. In fact, You'll never be healthy if you're running away from those other issues in your life, the relationship problems, the lack of connection with your family. If you're running away from that and using health and fitness, strict diets and exercise to get, get yourself away from that, you're never going to be healthy. You're never going to live that long. I don't think. I, well, on the second part, I know on the first part that you're not going to be that healthy. Because I believe it's all about connections. I believe that's the number one thing why we're here is to connect with each other. And again, I was reminded of that through these experiences, but I got lost a little bit. And I want to ask you now, where are you stuck? Where are you comfortable? Where are you living in a, 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 your comfort zone like I, I am in Thailand? And you know that it, your comfort, it, it, your you're comfortable, you are, uh, you know, enjoying yourself, but it's just kind of, it's not like deep pleasure, deep fulfillment, right? I'm getting the pleasure from getting massage, the pleasure from like eating the food. I'm getting the pleasure from doing the jujitsu with in Bangkok and training the, the pleasure from training Muay Thai in Thailand but I'm not getting the pleasure of giving my, giving my father the gift of a father-son travel trip, like going somewhere together. He's never been to the Grand Canyon. And, and what food, how can that ever compare with the feelings, the experience that both him and I will experience 
When we take that father-son trip together and go to the Grand Canyon and he lays eyes upon that magnificent, incredible, awe-inspiring creation of nature. By the way, it doesn't look real when you look at it, when you're standing right there. When we do that together and he sees it for the first time and we share that moment, that's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Where, you know, the, the wonton soup, yeah, that's good stuff. The, the massages is good stuff, not going to lie, but it's not something that I'm going to really like, oh, I actually may remember it, but it's not going to be like, you know, looking back when my dad's gone, looking back and saying to myself, you know what? I stepped up as a son. He had everything riding on me because he lost his other two children and I gave him that gift. I gave him the gift of not just having success as his son, which in, in translating that into what the benefit for him, it relieves stress. It relieves worry. He doesn't have to worry about me. He knows that now and when he's gone that I'm going to be okay. Not just okay financially, but okay psychologically. Okay spiritually. I want him at peace. That's the gift I want to give. And also, I want to take some trips with him. He's a cool fucking guy. And I love him. And I haven't always had this type of relationship. We've both grown so much uh, with each other. And he respects the hell out of me. And I, I respect the hell out of him. And being too comfortable can stop you. Can stop you from having those experiences that you really want. The ones that you feel in your soul. Not the ones that you feel in your belly or your, you know, the ones that are more superficial. There's nothing wrong with that stuff, by the way. It's just if it's blocking you and 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 getting you and and making you stuck and keeping you from what's truly important to you, that's a problem. And it's a problem for me. And so here's the action I've taken. I've rented a house. I mean, I'm sorry, not a house, an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment in the same complex as my father. Same complex. I'm going to be living in the same complex. And I'm going to work together with him on his health. I'm going to be training him. I can literally walk over to his apartment and work with him. And I'm going to do that daily. And I'm going to spend time with him. And I'm going to hug him. And oh, I bought so many gifts for him from Asia that I can't wait to to give him. But the real gift is going to be when I spend time with him and he has his son back. And um, I've taken action. I'm renting a place right now in that area. And I'm booking my flight. I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm clear. But it took a wake-up call for me. As evolved as you may think I am, as successful as you may think I am, I still get stuck. And by the way, I just want to tell you this, for all the coaches that I'm working with, it was having a talk with my wife, actually, that, that helped me get clear on this one. It was an internal thing. And um, actually, that's not completely true. I talked to Rory, who's the relationship guy. He's like, man, you know what? This is all the universe telling you that you should be grateful right now for this. So, so I'm wrong on that. It actually does come down to a coach. It actually does come down to a coach. So there you go. Hire a fucking coach to help you and stop messing around by yourself. And he told me that. He was like, you know what? You should be grateful. This is the universe telling you, you know what? 
it's time for you to do what's truly in your heart. It's trying to live your truth instead of playing small. Because staying in Thailand and having this comfortable life is playing small. And playing big is going back to see my dad and helping him and being there for him and going on trips with him and being in a more suitable time zone for my clients. Love you guys. And um, that's, that's the truth. And I want to bring this back to you. Where are you playing small? Because it's just so comfortable. But you know deep down inside, you know, you feel it. You're like, ah, I really should be doing this, but I'm not doing it. Because it's just so fun and comfortable to be here. For a lot of us, I, I don't think it's a big trauma that we are, we are, we're dealing with. You know, I've dealt with so much trauma in my life and trauma and drama, baby. But for me right now, it's not about that. It's more about like comfort. And so having too much of a good thing can lead to this situation where you get stuck. So I, I want to ask you, are you stuck right now? Because some people are there like, you know, I don't have any big true story like you, Ted. I don't have any big, you know, I haven't, you know, I lost my, my grandparents died in their 90s. My parents are still alive. My, you know, everybody's, I, I haven't ever, you know, have went through something like soul crushing. And it doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes it's the, it's the fun, comfortable stuff, the pleasurable and fun, comfortable stuff that gets you stuck. So are you in that situation? And if you answer too quickly, I want you to take a deep breath and pause, close your eyes, not if you're driving, and think about that for a second. Really think. Really close your eyes if you can and, and take some deep breaths and think. Where am I playing small? Where am I stuck? What is my truth that I'm not living right now? Because it's, it's so comfortable to be in that comfort zone. What is the truth that I'm not living? Because if you want the life that we all long for, it requires you to go after what the truth that's in your heart. And if you don't, you'll never have that experience. You'll never feel the joy and fulfillment that you long for. Just won't happen. It's just how we're wired. It's just the truth of human beings. It's not enough money you can make. There's not enough sex you can have. There's not enough food you can eat. There's not enough series you can watch. It just doesn't matter. You know, those, all those things are great, but if you're not living your truth, there's nothing that can make up for that ever. So that's the thought I want to leave you with. I hope you enjoyed today. And uh, again, remember, um, this may go out after this, but I just wanted... I want to say this. I, I released a new series on December 30th, three episodes long about everything you need to do to make 2020 your year. And so if you haven't listened to that, if this happens to go out afterward, then you want to check it out because I'm going to tackle some of the deeper stuff that we need to tackle for us to truly live that legendary life that we all want. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to sign off. I hope you enjoyed today. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you get a lot out of these Friday episodes. They're coming to be my favorite way of, of uh, my favorite episodes that I do. I love the interviews. I grow a lot when I interview people and talk to them. And hopefully you grow from that too. But these are quite special. And so I want to say I love you. I want the best for you. 
2020 can be your year, but you've got to go after the truth that's in your heart and you've got to stop playing small. Enjoy your weekend and I'll talk to you soon.